0: This is the Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowdy Raysbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raysbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. Just a quick little recap here. Three and one on our MLB best bets, starting to get a little hot here in August. If you want to get any of our content? You can find me at Twitter at rowdy underscore Razor. Or you can find Dave at Dave underscore Esler or some of his work at pregame.com. Dave, we're one week away from real football. We're going to continue to talk Major League Baseball. We're going to pepper in some preseason football, maybe some college football future picks here in the next couple of weeks. We were just talking about it before we started the podcast. It's pretty much football season. NFL preseason's here, and now we're getting into college next week.
1: Yeah, I'm ready. I mean, I you know I can't wait to see if all the work I put into it this summer turns itself into money. I'm I'm confident that it will, but you never know until they play the games.
0: So, just for uh, you know, a fun little nugget for all the listeners out there: How many hours do you think you put into college and NFL over the summer? When it's,
1: I guess, just baseball, you would say um, probably a third of my day, which my day is close to 15 hours it's from when I get up to when I go to bed. So I'm going to say five times, you know, 150 a month.
0: That's a lot of time looking into not only a single sport, but just a sport that's currently not even playing. Like I don't think people realize how much time actually goes into you looking through as much information as you do, whether that be for football, baseball, basketball, insert the sport. uh, You're always pretty much looking.
1: Well, I mean – for me it's a full-time job and so you know if you wanted to look at it i would do eight hours a day times five or six days a week in a regular job and you know when it's enjoyable you're you like what you're doing you know it's it's not that hard i would say that you know a lot of those hours are not a hundred percent focused you know for example i might be watching a game on my phone while i'm looking at the tcu horn frogs and listening to The Bachelorette in the background because my wife's watching TV. It's not 100% focus on one thing all the time. I, I wish I were that good.
0: Well, let's jump into something that you are good at. Let's jump into our actual breakdowns. Let's uh, start with Major League Baseball. First game we're going to go through, I should I should point out, it's August 18th. It's a Friday. We're recording this in the afternoon here. First game we're going to look at for the Friday, August 18th slate going to be a 705 central time first pitch going to be the milwaukee brewers taking on the texas rangers you have brandon woodruff going for the brewers andrew heaney going for the rangers currently texas is favored minus 120 total sitting there at eight dave what do you think for the first game of our friday slate
1: yeah i mean i like texas and and i'm kind of not sure how you don't um let me let me let me just pull something up here real quick you know the brewers I mean, it's not a state secret that they're not hitting and they're not fielding. I mean, they wasted a great outing by Burns last night, so you know, the question's obviously, can they get out of a hitting slump against Heaney, and you know, Heaney got the quick hook last game, but I'm not concerned about it. He was under the weather, and he actually had missed his bullpen session that week, so you know, Andrew Heaney's not unhittable. Uh, I think Kanha and Adamas have seen him a little bit, so there's maybe some cause for optimism, and would looked kind of sharp his first two starts, but And he's allowed three home runs in those two games. So there is that. And I guess in the end, I I trust Heaney to pitch around anybody that might give him trouble in the Brewers lineup. He is left-handed. I don't want to beat that horse to death. Uh, So I can only look to Texas. I mean, the the Brewers' pen's been good, but the Rangers' pen's been better. And then you factor in the Brewers' travel after that BS in L.A. I, I like the Rangers.
0: Yeah, I looked at this game and, you know, Brandon Woodruff, he's only been available for four starts this season. But he has looked really, really good in his four starts. And Texas really hasn't seen a ton of him just in general, obviously, of the NLAL there. Well, Heaney is a guy that a few of them have seen, like you mentioned. But overall, Heaney's been pretty good here the last month or two. And I know he was pulled early from last start. You mentioned how he was under the weather. Also was a 40-pitch first inning a lot of times, especially in today's day and age. Uh, 40 pitches in one inning could potentially get you the hook, so feeling sick, that would make a lot of sense here. Brewers can't hit lefties, you mentioned it. They are the ones traveling that played the night before. I looked at the first five to go under the four and a half, and if I was going to be complete contrarian, the Brewers stink, the Brewers look awful, so why not the Brewers beat one of the better teams in baseball tonight as dogs? That would be my contrarian take, but my favorite play would be the first five under.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: So that'll be our first game for the Friday slate. Second game we're going to look at, it's going to be a 7-10 central time. First pitch, it's going to be the Seattle Mariners traveling to Houston to take on the Astros. You have Bryce Miller going for the Mariners, J.P. France going for Houston. Dave, this is our second and final game for the Friday slate. What are you thinking for this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would like to bet against J.P. France, really. But he's been arguably the Astros' most consistent starter uh, I know Seattle lost to him, but that was almost too far back to even consider at this point. And, you know, the Mariners, they just finished a brutally tough series uh, against the Royals. And and not only that, it was quite hot. And, of course, the travel. But for as good as Miller can be, he's had several explosions uh, in in games where he's, I mean, gotten absolutely torched. Um, Texas saw him way back when, so it's not zero exposure. So I have to go Texas. Uh, and I, perhaps I... I like the under maybe even a little better. So Texas and the under. Oh, you mean Houston? I mean, yeah, my bad. They're in Texas. Houston and the under. Yeah, see, I,
0: I I, looked at it too, and both of these guys had a exposure to the other team once. Both were early in the season. I actually thought that uh, Miller's exposure meant a little bit more because he saw the Astros when I think it was uh, Jordan Alvarez was hurt. Uh, Jose Altuve was out of the lineup so those are two pretty big potent weapons for Houston that they're adding and the rest of the guys had already seen Miller I know JP France isn't as good at home as he has been on the road but just in general it was hard for me not to take Houston here but if I was gonna play a total maybe I would go to the over both guys have been seen Uh, Miller worse on the road JP France worse at home that just makes sense so, yeah, it'd probably be Houston in the over if I had to make plays on it.
1: Yeah, the market kind of likes the under, but, you know, the market isn't always right. I mean, most of the tickets are on that under. and It has brought the line from nine to eight and a half, and I only point that out because I feel like the over eight and a half is much better than nine, and meaning you need four four at some point to guarantee you a push. But um, nine is a key number, uh, as is seven, obviously. So it takes a fair bit of money to move it off of... Off of uh, Off of nine. And the fact that it has, I tend to trust that money. So I'm going to agree to disagree with you. So there we go. That is
0: the second game for the Friday slate. Let's move ahead here, Dave. We're actually going to move to Saturday. We got two more games for the August 19th Saturday slate. The very first one that we're actually going to be looking at is a 540 Central Time first pitch. We have the Toronto Blue Jays heading to Cincinnati. We have Chris Bassett on the mound for Toronto. Brandon Williamson on the mound for the Reds. Dave, what are you thinking for our first game of the Saturday slate?
1: Yeah, I mean, this wasn't easy. I mean, more often than not this season I've been wrong on Bassett regardless of which way I go. And you know, a blind man can look at his splits and see that on the road he struggles. Uh but their bullpen, Toronto's bullpen has been probably the best in baseball over the last week and a you know, blind man can see that Williamson's far more effective at home. Uh which in Great American is a bit surprising, but it you know it's a big enough sample size that, uh, you know, good enough for government work. And so that makes this a tough game. I don't trust Bassett. I kind of trust Williamson. Uh, and both pens have been pitching really well. And I know that total will be higher than what it probably should be based on both teams and obviously the ballpark. But it's like maybe I wanted to take first five over because, as I said, the pens looked really good. Uh, But then I thought maybe not because there's not a lot of familiarity. So, um, you know. Both pens could see the other's pen tonight, uh, but I still think the bottom line for me is that the sharp bet is on the under.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. The under is the first thing I looked at. Bassett's been throwing the ball really well here as of late, and not just as of late, but the last couple months. And then Williamson, like you said, has been better at home, and he's been pitching better the last couple months. And there's not a ton of familiarity between these two pitchers and the opposing teams. I think that that number is hung up there because we all perceive Toronto as this big, you know, slugging club. Same could arguably be said about the Cincinnati Reds with some of their young sluggers. I like the under 10 and a half here, too. And if I had to pick a side, I'd probably lean with the Reds in the first five. Reason being is it's something you mentioned. Williamson's actually better at home in Great America Ballpark. You have to pitch a lot better than your you know average ability to do that because mostly the the common thing would be well great americans is tiny little ballpark it's going to be much harder to pitch better there while he's doing it so he must be really really good at home
1: uh yeah i mean I, I i think if i could get a a good price on the run line i might i might totally agree with you there i would just be a little bit leery of the fact that they play tonight and that Something could happen to change my mind, but I doubt it. I mean, I would, I would still be the way I would certainly look.
0: The reason I liked them in the first five with Cincinnati was because they played tonight, and obviously we don't know how the bullpens are used tonight. True. Yeah. Looking at our second game for the Saturday slate, so it's going to be a a late night game. It's going to be an eight oh seven Central Time first pitch. We're going to be looking at the Tampa Bay Rays traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Angels. Zach Eflin going for Tampa Bay. Chase Silseth going for the Angels. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for our final game on the Saturday MLB slate?
1: Well, I want to try to find find a way to take the Angels because obviously Tampa Bay isn't what they were, uh, and, and the Angels are getting a lot of negative press, and rightfully so, they're losing. The Rays' bullpen has been really pathetic lately if you look at their numbers. Uh, over the last week, they're sitting at Uh, an ERA over six and a whip of close to 1.6. So, you know, I guess if I were thinking about Tampa Bay at all, it'd be the first five. And, you know, Eflin is great. He's had some, some, some really solid games, but obviously last week against Cleveland, he didn't make it out of the fourth inning, six runs and and nine hits in three innings. And he's had a couple other bad games. I mean, Miami torched him, uh, the Royals torched him and, you know, and, and Cleveland, obviously. And we're talking about three teams that are not the Bronx Bombers. I use that term as a good-hitting team, not not the Yankees, if you will. You look at Siltas, he's, he's had some good games. I mean, he only started five this season, but he just shot out Houston. He held the Braves to one hit in Atlanta. He held the Yankees to one hit. Uh, so he has a huge upside. I mean, he struck out 12 against the Mariners. So I'm thinking that, you know, I'm looking at the Angels very hard here, and I'm looking at the fact that both bullpens are are really pretty pathetic. I mean, I, I told you what the race stats were; the, the Angels' bullpens worse. So, if I'm looking at this game, I'm going to probably look at the Angels either on the money line or the run line. But if I'm betting this game, I'm I'm taking the over. So. I'll just go ahead and make that my official best bet for this podcast, the Angels and the uh, Ray Tampa Bay Rays over the total.
0: There you go. Dave giving out his best bet for the podcast right away there with the Rays Angels over. Yeah, I looked at this, and Zach Eflin to me, he was never a guy that was really ever better than a four-starter when he was in Philly when he had bounced around a – to a, d- a couple different places, but now he's having a breakout year or he was now recently. He's been struggling the last month. You look at Silseth, you mentioned it. I mean, he's throwing the ball well and he's throwing it against some of these, you know, better clubs in baseball when it comes to offense in the fact that Tampa has this wander Franco, you know, kind of cloud hanging around it with investigations and stuff like that. It, it almost feels like the team hasn't been playing that well. And then on the other hand, Silseth has never seen any of these batters, and he's got a little bit of an advantage there. I was looking at this one. I like the Angels in the first five innings, especially because we don't exactly know how it's going to go tonight with either team's bullpen, but I do like Silseth and the Angels in the first five.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think no matter how it would go tonight with the bullpen, um, it wouldn't change my mind on, on how poorly the Angels' bullpen is. You know, if, if they had to come in and throw six innings tonight and didn't give up a hit, I I still would bet against them tomorrow. Well, that'll be it for our
0: Friday and Saturday Major League Baseball slate. If you want any more of our content, you can find me on Twitter at rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave at Dave underscore Esler or his work on pregame.com. Now, Dave, I know you wanted to jump into some NFL preseason games. Obviously, week three, technically, of the preseason started last night with the Thursday night game. Uh, what are we looking at here for the Friday games?
1: Well, you got a couple, and I have opinions on both of them, Rowdy. Uh, the Bengals and Falcons, I mean, it's it's no secret that borrow's out, and the Bengals won't be using their A-team uh, on offense without him. And if Logan Woodside can beat the Dolphins and Skylar White, I, I have to think they beat the Bengals. Uh, do I want to lay nearly a touchdown in a preseason game? Absolutely not. Uh, Ritter's expected to play, but not a lot. And he's still very much an unproven commodity. Uh, Trevor Simeon will start, uh, but he's not expected to have the A team behind him. Jake Browning's going to play the second half. Uh, So they could have a QB edge there, which is another reason there's not a chance of laying points. Uh, In fact, I think I would take the points if you made me. It's just everything's always an overreaction. But what I can get behind here is the under. Uh, I'm a little leery of that total sitting painted at 38 and a half. Uh, right where it opened and a lot of the tickets are on the under but if I go just by the work uh, I don't see how they score 39 points so I actually like the under in that game tonight so Dave liking the under
0: now I feel like for me when it comes down to preseason this is probably just a, a generalization here of NFL preseason when you're looking at who you want to bet obviously in past podcasts you've mentioned how You know, we're not necessarily looking to play the side. We'd rather play the money line because, you know, a lot of different things can happen late in preseason games. Most of the time, and I say most of the time because I already referenced uh, last night's Thursday night preseason game that tied. Most time they're not playing to tie, they're playing to win. Would you feel like when you look at it, it really comes down to how you think a lot of these teams – end up playing their quarterbacks and how long some of these quarterbacks kind of play a little bit here is that kind of like
1: yeah i mean absolutely that's you know primary number one thing you have to look at and if you're looking at a full game you have to look at who's probably going to play in the second half and who's probably going to have the quarterback edge because even if the starters are playing in weeks one or two or oftentimes at all you know they're not going to be in for than a series or two so you're, you're really handicapping the reserves so yeah, quarterback play is is probably the only thing because these teams aren't game planning for each other. You have to look at what they're trying to accomplish in preseason. You know, they, they just drafted, you know, two new offensive linemen. They're going to want to probably improve their running game. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of running or, or if they want to improve their passing game from last year. You know, you're probably going to see a few more, a little more throws than you might. Again, that depends on what the, who, you know, who the quarterback is. If it's a veteran, then he doesn't need to prove he can throw. But a lot of those things are sort of almost known before the game. You know, and they obviously they play fairly vanilla. So, you really have to look at what each team's trying to work on uh, after you look at the quarterback play. And, and honestly, there isn't a lot more to it than that.
0: See, I feel like when I was looking at this game. Jake Browning and Trevor Simeon both played decently well against the Packers. Obviously, the Packers still won the game. They both looked decent. I know the Falcons, they didn't play Desmond Ritter. If you had to ask me who wins the game, I would probably say the Falcons. If you wanted me to play the the spread, I'd probably tank the Bengals. But uh, I feel like that one might be closer than the spread, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, I would totally agree with you there. Um, You know, there's no chance I'm laying almost a touchdown in preseason or in regular season for that matter. So I know you wanted to continue
0: talking preseason. We'll go with the other Friday night preseason game again later tonight, NFL Network. It's going to be the Carolina Panthers taking on the New York Giants. Ah, uh, currently the line is Giants favored by three with a total of thirty-eight. Uh, what are you thinking for the second game here that we're breaking down for Friday NFL preseason?
1: Um, I actually bet the Giants for the first half. Rowdy uh, Jones is expected to get some reps, maybe a couple series, uh, and if Tyrod Taylor backs him up, we should be good to go. Um, you know, either way, you know we see two series from the starters. I mean, the Giants are super deep at wide receiver and athletic quarterbacks like Taylor. They make a lot of plays in the preseason with their feet. You know, they're being chased around by, you know, B and C team guys. So they can, they can, they can live like they maybe did in college with their athleticism you know, and, and the Bengals, they got a stable of mostly known signal callers, but none of them scare me much. And that's especially true with their starters being out. And I'm told they won't be in uh, without borrow. So, uh, you know, also what the giants do bring to the table is the defense. I mean, they shut out the Lions in the first half at Detroit last week. I know it was Nate Sudfeld, but he is a veteran, and the Giants picked him off twice. And the Panthers didn't score against the Jets. I know the Jets' defense is good, but the Panthers' defense made Zach Wilson look better than he really is. I, I Nothing points to Carolina being ahead at halftime, so I like the Giants for the first half. I don't really
0: have an opinion on the first half, but I feel like I think I would take the Panthers as dogs to win this game straight up, and the reason why is – I know basically the two quarterbacks that are going to be playing for Carolina. It's going to be Bryce Young, obviously the first round pick. And then you're going to have Matt Corral, who was a first round pick out of Old Miss, what, two, three years ago. But he's been kind of banged up uh, the last year or so. I know for the Giants, obviously you're not going to see Daniel Jones. And yeah, Tommy DeVito was a late round flyer, but if you're playing some of these later ones, I feel like the Panthers are a team that don't have high expectations. And after getting thumped the way you did week one of the preseason, I could see Frank Wright coming out here and being like, hey, you know what? We are actually going to play this game hard. We might play Bryce Young a little bit because we're not going to win a ton of games in the regular season. We need to at least have decent showies in the preseason to have a little bit of good faith going into the year. I think
1: I would lean with the Panthers. I don't disagree. Uh, And that would be for the full game, which is why I took that that second half out of the equation because you may well be right. Yeah,
0: definitely full game. I I wouldn't want anything to do with, you know, a half here. This other game that we are going to be looking at, it's actually going to be the Saturday slate for NFL preseason, 7 p.m. Central Time. It's the New England Patriots taking on the Green Bay Packers. Currently, the Packers favored by two and a half with a total of 37. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for the final NFL preseason game here for the uh, weekend slate?
1: Well, this should be good. I tend to know the Patriots and you live in Wisconsin. Um, Jones looked pretty good in practice Thursday, and that's obviously what the team needs to see. I don't have to beat a dead horse about their quarterback um, issues or controversies, if you will. I, I expect we'll see him a fair bit Saturday. I think they know what Bailey's app is and what he isn't. Uh, what they don't know is what Malik Cunningham is or isn't. Uh, they do know they got something special uh, in that undrafted kid. And I expect to see him quite a bit. He made a ton of plays last week with his feet and see what I said about Tyrod Taylor and athletic quarterbacks in the preseason. You know, I, I'm not sure what Packers fans should take from the beating of the Bengals, um, even with Sean Clifford, who I do like. Uh, with that said, I lean to England, at least for the first half, but that over looks very juicy to me, uh, although it might be higher than what it should be based on Green Bay's offense last week. Um, That said, their defense allowed 19 points to the said Bengals with nobody on the field, which doesn't stir up optimism for them stopping even the Patriots. So I think I like that over.
0: Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Obviously, these two teams had the joint practices, and it, it, it sounded like one day the Packers and Jordan Love Got the better of you know the defense of the Patriots then the next day the Patriots defense you know kind of whooped up on the Packers and kind of vice versa for the Patriots offense versus the Packers defense overall for the two three days that they had practices it sounded pretty even honestly from what I heard the two three day reports you know I didn't really have a strong opinion on this game but the more I think about it after what you said I think that over makes sense too just because Jordan Love's going to come out there, give you two, three series, especially if they play like they did week one in the preseason. And he looked decent. He made the throws he's supposed to, had a good deep ball and, you know, missed a wide receiver open, but that's kind of what you're expecting from a young quarterback. But I think it's the backups. Sean Clifford is not afraid to be a gunslinger and, and take the deep ball or try and fit it in there. And I would imagine Alex Magoo, the third stringer, who was the, what usfl mvp and and champion he's going to be the exact same way as clifford because he's got to try and make this roster or he potentially is going back to the usfl or the xfl or something like that and it's kind of the same with the patriots if malik cunningham is that good they're going to unleash him and he's going to get at least a half to try and run up the score packers historically have been bad against running quarterbacks, look no further than the early to mid-2000s with Mike Vick and then the early 10 with Colin Kaepernick. For some reason, they could never figure it out. So I could see that definitely going over.
1: Fine, we agree. Will you make that your best bet?
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know if I have that much faith in it, but I do think if I had to make a bet on that game, I would take the over.
1: Yeah, and that's what happens when you get, like last night, teams fumble at the one-yard line and go well, for Go for it on fourth and three from the 20 and instead of just taking the three. I mean, that's, that's the way preseason is. I mean, I was very lucky last night. I, I had, uh, I had the Eagles on the money line. Uh, basically I was lazy. I just followed and didn't want to lay points and I got a lucky push because they decided to go for the tie. Um, and because they decided to go for the tie my over 35 and a half cashed at 18 to 18. Um, and you know, I, I can't sit here and tell you that I just was a great handicapper and and, and made a unit in, on the on the game as much as the way the end played out. And unfortunately, that's what happens a lot, and which is why I tend to want to take the first half until my team hasn't scored in a quarter and a half. And then I'm thinking, I wish I had the whole game to try and catch up. But that's why we do what we do. You know, it's not predictable. I almost feel like
0: in the preseason, even more so than the regular season, these turnovers are a blessing or a curse. It could easily just, you know, sling one, two, three more extra touchdowns on the board that probably shouldn't be on there, but it could also take away points. Like Cleveland had so many drives where they turned the football over when they were down there about ready to score. And, you know, probably the over betters were starting to sweat a little bit saying, man, Cleveland should have had more points last night, but uh
1: Mm -hmm. and because they didn't i got lucky and pushed the game yeah which that can can go either way
0: i'm looking at a few of these games and now we didn't break these games down but a few that i was looking at where it'd be like man i might actually really want to bet these because i think i have a bit of an edge here i kind of like the buccaneers over the jets on the money line they're currently three and a half point dogs to to new york the reason being is dave I know I'm going to get Wilson, and I'm probably going to get Tim Boyle, and Rodgers isn't going to play, and the Jets don't care. Just get out of there healthy. Let Wilson learn for a quarter or two. But I know if I'm the Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask are trying to earn a job, and they're playing both about a half each. So I'm going to get the better quarterback play, and it doesn't matter about home field advantage here in the preseason where guys are trying to you know earn jobs or figure out offenses. I kind of like the Buccaneers there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could I could argue that, you know, right off the bat. I, I think back to what I've said all summer about the Bucs. I think they're going to be better than people think. Now, this is obviously regular season. Um, You know, okay, Brady's gone. They're going to suck. Well, Brady sucked last year, honestly. I mean, even by regular quarterback standards, it was pretty bad. So I don't think, you know, I don't think Baker Mayfield is – you know, I mean, he's a downgrade. I, I don't want somebody to put these words in my mouth that I think a bad Tom Brady is as good as a, a good Baker Mayfield. That's not the case. Dave, but we I know think,
0: what you're trying to say. You're trying to say Baker's better than Tom Brady.
1: No, I'm not. That's why I'm That's why i being careful. Um, but, so, yeah, I think Tampa Bay will be better than people think. But, and the Jets, I don't know, the, the defense scares me because even the the B team and the C team is really, really good. So for that reason, I'm inclined to lean to the under, but, you know, the market's kind of wishy-washy on that. But either way, I'm going back to what I've said ad nauseum here. I'm not laying three-and-a-half points in a preseason game. No way. No chance. No. The high. other
0: one I, I looked at that's kind of – I'd break it down kind of similar to that Buccaneers-Jets game was I kind of like Tennessee as two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Vikings, even though it's in Minnesota. I mean – I have Malik Willis, who's in his second year learning, and Will Levis, who's in his very first year learning. And those guys are going to take the majority of the snaps. They're going to let it rip. Minnesota, we know you have Kirk Cousins. Obviously, Nick Mullins will get a little bit of work, but he's a pretty solid backup. It just feels like this is going to be Tennessee's young quarterbacks playing hard versus Minnesota getting maybe a quarter of Nick Mullins kind of giving half a shit.
1: Oh, I totally agree with you there. Um, you know, Minnesota knows what they have. They got nothing to prove. And I think the total sitting at 36 and a half, 37 and a half in a couple of shops. And in spite of everybody kind of leaning under with the tickets I can I see uh, that tells me that, you know, maybe there'll be more points than you would think. And which lends the uh, credibility to your idea that Tennessee may swing the ball around. So, yeah, I, I would take Tennessee on the money line there.
0: And I know we referenced this last podcast when we were talking about, you know, the kind of the, the first week of NFL preseason, and it's that the Ravens haven't lost a preseason game in forever. Now, they have a Monday night game, but honestly, I think I would hold off on betting the Ravens for this week because their backup quarterback, Tyler Hundley, he's got a hamstring issue, and... He's the guy that normally the last few years they've relied on to really kick ass in preseason because Lamar Jackson's not playing a ton. I think I would just hold off because we there's no quarterback there. you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and the,
1: and the market sort of agrees with you. it opened it opened four and a half, but it was quickly three, so we'll use three and it's down to Washington uh plus one, so um you got some you got some money on your side there, so yes, absolutely. So that'll do it for the upcoming
0: NFL preseason week here, Dave. Got a couple minutes left. Uh, let's give out our Major League Baseball best bet since we have been pretty hot here in August. I already did. So you're going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays and the LA Angels to go over the total. Currently looking here, that total should be, ooh, right here, eight. Yeah, well, that's probably a DraftKings Kings Yeah, the DraftKings opener here for the Rays and the Angels on Saturday is 8, minus Uh, 10 for both sides.
1: I I, I would like it up to 8.5, even 9.
0: So there's Dave's best bet. Rays, Angels on Saturday over 8, and I'm actually going to go with the same game, double down on it, but uh, instead of going with the total, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Angels in the first five innings, which as of right now, according to this opener, should probably be plus money. Uh, So there you go. Two best bets. Same game, MLB Saturday. Rays Angels over eight and Angels in the first five innings plus the money here. Dave, you know, got about a minute left, but if anyone wants to find more of our content, you can follow me on Twitter at rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler, or you can find some of his work at pregame.com. You know, just again, want to continue to say, please download, listen. Uh, rate subscribe and share it with your friends continuing to see more and more growth and uh, hoping to continue it for the rest of football season and here pretty soon i think uh, starting next week dave our podcast will be real football that actually counts on records here starting with college football
1: i like it i'm ready
0: so until next monday let's continue to win some money the winner's take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com in the zone app or wherever you get your podcasts listen rate subscribe